live from the Elliott Avenue studios of Sports Radio 950 KJR. This is Sounders Weekly with your host, Jackson Feltz. Good evening and welcome to Sounders Weekly. Jackson Feltz coming at you here from the Carter Volkswagen Studios here on your home for Seattle Sounders Soccer. Sports Radio 950 KJR every Tuesday evening here on KJR. I know we're a little bit later than usual tonight. Obviously, you just heard the conclusion of the Western Conference Finals Game 1 between the Portland Trailblazers and the Golden State Warriors. That game just ended. So, we are coming on a little bit later than usual tonight, but we have a lot of content to bring you. Big show tonight talking about the latest win for Seattle. It's a one to nothing victory over the Houston Dynamo here at CenturyLink Field. Big goal by Christian Roldan, and Roldan will be the first guest of the evening coming up momentarily right here on Sounders Weekly. I had a chance to chat with the Sounders midfielder earlier today here at KJR. We'll play that interview coming up momentarily on Sounders Weekly. Then after Christian, we'll be joined once again by Sounders General Manager and President of Soccer, Garth Lagerway. Garth was not on last week. He was obviously busy making the deals for Javier Arriaga, the new center back, 24 years old from Ecuador, as well as the return of Joven Jones, the left winger, left back. He was in Germany in 2018. He is now back in Rave Green. Garth was busy completing both of those deals last Tuesday he will join Sounders Weekly coming up tonight in our middle segment after Christian rolled on to talk about both of those and much more with the club. Then, as we always do here on Sounders Weekly, in the final segment, we will chat with an Orlando City broadcaster to preview the next opponent for Seattle. And that will be Miguel Gallardo. He is a former Orlando City SC keeper in the USL. He is now a TV analyst for Orlando City. He will join me for the final segment tonight as we preview tomorrow night's game. And it really does come fast. It was a one to nothing win over Houston on Saturday night. And now it is a three-match in eight-day stretch as the team prepares to take on Orlando City SC tomorrow. That is a 7 o'clock pregame and a 7.30 kickoff right here at CenturyLink Field for the Sounders in Orlando City. So we'll preview that match coming up later in the show. I might also ask a question to Christian Roldan about Orlando City coming up later in the interview as well. So it's a busy show tonight. Christian Roldan, Garth Logway, Miguel Gallardo. Let's get right to it. But before we do, I tease this on Twitter if you've been following along for the last couple days. I know it's later than usual here on Sounders Weekly. You had to wait around here for the 9 p.m. start instead of 7 p.m. But I'm paying it off by giving you a chance to win a great prize. And it's our monthly trivia question presented by the Hyatt at All of Eight. And the Hyatt at All of Eight, once again, is bringing you all these great monthly trivia questions where you'll be getting prizes. This month's prize is a gift certificate for a 60-minute treatment at Alea Spa in the Hyatt at All of Eight. So a wonderful gift certificate there. I know Mother's Day just happened this last Sunday, but it's never too late or never too early to give your mom a gift. Maybe her birthday's coming up, so give her this gift certificate for a 60-minute treatment at Alea Spa in the Hyatt at All of Eight. And all you have to do to get it is answer this question. And I know we used to do the phone line questions, and that made it so everybody had to rush, and of course that allows people to call in very quickly. I've changed the game a little bit, and we're going to make this a texting contest here for our Hyatt at All of Eight monthly trivia question. So all you're going to do is you're going to text the answer to the number 49451. You're going to text the answer to 49451. And here is the question. 
which Sanders FC player advanced to the quarterfinals of the 2018 FIFA World Cup? This is easy. You got to get this one. Which Sanders FC player advanced to the quarterfinals of the 2018 FIFA World Cup? So here's how we're going to do it. Of the first 10 correct responses, and this is an easy one. All 10 of you should be correct in terms of texting it in. So a random entry of the first 10 correct answers will be the winner of the 60-minute treatment at Alea Spa in the Hyatt at all of eight. So once again, that question is, which Sounders FC player advanced to the quarterfinals of the 2018 FIFA World Cup? Today's trivia question is presented by the Hyatt at all of eight, the official hotel partner of Seattle Sounders FC. So those texts are rolling in. We'll randomize out of the first 10 correct ones. One of you guys will win that prize. And congrats to whoever does. I'll let the producer take care of that. And as we roll on here on Sounders Weekly with this big show tonight. Christian Roldan, Garth Lagoway, Miguel Gallardo coming up later in the show to preview that Orlando City match. I had a chance earlier today to sit down and chat with Seattle Sounders midfielder Christian Roldan. He scored the game winner, the first goal that came in the fifth minute against Houston this last Saturday. That was his second goal in as many weeks. He scored an incredible 25-yard banger against Minnesota the week before. So it's the second long-distance goal for Roldan in as many weeks. We had a great chat. You'll hear our conversation right now on Sounders Weekly. Feeling good. Bodies recovered. Uh, excited for Wednesday, but thrilled that, that we got three points. Yeah, we'll absolutely talk about Wednesday, the match coming up against Orlando City here in a few minutes on the show. Let's go back to the last two weeks, though. Minnesota, you hit the 25-ish yard rocket from the kind of the more the central area. Then Saturday night against Houston from the left side, it bounces off your chest, and you're able to volley it in what is an incredible goal. You're currently in the lead for MLS goal of the week. Let's first ask the basic question of which one did you like more? Which one was better? Uh, well, uh, looking back at the replay, I think both of them were pretty tough. Um, you needed a little bit of luck, a little bit of, uh, precision, a little bit of, of quality. Um, but in the end, I think when you take a, take a first time volley, uh, off the bounce, it, it's pretty tough to keep it down. So I would say my, my shot against Minnesota, um, you know, on the grass, bouncing away from home, you know, slicing just just the right amount of of, of uh, you know slice in, in in the shot. So I would I would go with Minnesota. That was tragic that that goal didn't get goal of the week. This week's looks like it will. Now put us in the mind of Christian Roldan this last Saturday against Houston, where in the mind I'm guessing you're already thinking about that Minnesota goal when you're setting up for that. But what's that thought process like when you see the corner pop out and just preparing for it to bounce off your chest? Take me through that process and you preparing to score that ball on Saturday. Well, initially when I saw the ball coming my way, um, you know, it, it, it stood in the air for quite a bit of time. Uh, but, but my mindset was, I'm going to shoot this ball no matter what. No matter I take a bad touch, I'm just going to get it on frame. I, I need to shoot it because if not, it's going to be a counterattack going the other way. So uh, I felt if, if I can get a good touch, I would, I would be able to put myself in a good spot uh, to, to, you know, get a good shot on goal. And luckily, it, it bounced just the, the right amount in between like four defenders and I was able to, to get a good shot off and fortunately it goes in. How much did hitting the ball in Minnesota help you with that confidence to take that shot against Houston? Yeah, I, I think 
if I if I didn't score that goal against Minnesota, I'm not I'm not scoring this goal against Houston. Um, you know, it, it takes a little bit of confidence, a little a little bit of that, you know, belief in yourself that you you can score these type of goals. Um, in the end, you know, I I don't think I had any intention or any, uh, you know, I in reality I shouldn't have brought that down. I should have you know played it out to Brad, but because of the confidence, because of the belief from last week. Uh, I felt the ability to to shoot that, and um, like I said, I don't think I would be scoring that goal if it wasn't for my goal against Minnesota. And you mentioned confidence right there. How much confidence do you have from from long range right now? Is there a distance that you wouldn't shoot it at at this point? <laughs> oh, it, it really depends. Uh, you know whether the ball is bouncing or not. I've hit both my my strikes on the bounce, so maybe I have to pop it up and and, and strike a volley every time uh, I'm shooting from distance, but. Um, <laughs> In reality, uh, Steph always continues to, to give me the confidence in practice. You know, he, he always believes that I have a good shot, but I don't use it enough. So this is something that I want to implement into my game a little bit more because if I feel as though I haven't utilized it enough. And so now we're seeing it a little bit more, but I'm excited and, and hopefully we can continue this uh, continue. Uh, in this fashion by winning these games. Yeah, hopefully so. Coming up on Wednesday's game against Orlando. Christian Roldan is my guest, Sounders midfielder, goal scorer for the last two games here for Seattle. Christian, I want to go back to Minnesota for a minute. Simply, what was it like facing Ozzy Alonso, the guy you played next to for the first four years of your career, then you have to face off against him there last week? What was that like? Well, I think it was emotional for both sides, you know, both the Seattle Sounders and and. and uh, Ozzy Alonso, um, you know, Ozzy had given so much to, to Seattle and it was so important for him, um, for, for, for the start of his career here in the MLS here in the United States. And so he, he I, I would assume that he felt, you know, very emotional and it, it was very tough to, to play against, uh, uh, alongside some of the players that he played with, uh, a lot, uh, was, against some of the, the coaches that he had been coached for for a long time. So, um, And also the fans. The fans adored Ozzy. He was he was the heart of, of the Seattle Sounders for a really long time. And, uh, we, we appreciate uh, everything that he's done. But for me, it was really tough uh, opponent to play against. And obviously, Ozzy, Ozzy gives that every time. And um, it, it was obviously a, pre- a pleasure for me to, to – play alongside him and now play against him. Well, he was such a leader on this team, and now with his absence, you know, you've, it seems like, really stepped up into that leadership role. How much more weight do you feel on your shoulders this year, just from a leadership standpoint, in that locker room? Well, I don't think there's a necessarily weight um, for me, but I do believe that I have a bigger role. Uh, I, I do feel like um, people um, respect me enough to, to listen to what I have to say or or uh, what I believe in. And now I have the the confidence um, to speak my mind, you know, five years in the league at 23. Um, I think people understand that, that I've been around and I'm experienced enough, although I'm young, that they, they also appreciate, you know, all the hard work, all the leadership that I, that I provide, um, not only vocally, but also on the field leading by example. Yeah. And one way that people can look at you is just by seeing the, durability and the fact that you're going to be around this team for a long time you got the huge contract extension reportedly five years and four million dollars 
Now, what was it like getting locked up to that long-term deal? Take me through the emotions of signing that contract in the offseason, knowing that you'll be in Rave Green, barring anything else, and knock on wood and nothing else happens, but you'll be here in Rave Green for the next five years. Yeah, obviously, uh, you want to feel valued, and and uh, that was part of my decision going into um, my last year of my contract. And, um, you know, Seattle had given, given so much to me, um, and, and this is – hopefully a, a good way of repaying uh, the Seattle Sounders for, for what they've given me and uh, to, to start up my career. Um, they didn't have to pick me up and give me a chance. And, and now I'm here uh, for another five years and I'm really excited and hopefully uh, we can win many, many more trophies, but a start of, of a good year. And, and excited for, for the remaining years of my contract. Yeah, and a great start here to that first year. The deal 6-1-4 and four, the Sounders team is right now. Christian Roldan, Sounders midfielder, my guest here on Sounders Weekly. Christian, let's go back to March for a minute. You got called up to the U.S. national team again. Uh, Greg Berhalter, the new U.S. coach there. What was it like working with the former Columbus crew coach, the new coach of the U.S. men's national team? Well, Greg is a very pay-attention-to-detail kind of guy. He... Uh, understands the game uh really well and uh applies that to his team um you know he he prepares us extremely well watches a lot of film uh and uh it's just overall a good experience so hopefully i can get called in for for gold cup but in the end you'd learn quite a bit because greg is pays attention to so much detail and uh i'm really looking forward to it you know, one thing we talked about the last time you were with the national team before Burhalter took over was simply the communication and what they were looking for you to do in terms of positionally, in terms of just where and how they want you to play. Do you feel like you got more communication this March from Burhalter on both of those fronts? Yeah, communication both when I was in camp and also now away from camp. You know, we, we still talk quite a bit and uh, the assistant coaches do a really good job of keeping contact with their players and watching all the games. So they're, they're seeing each and every week how we play uh, our movements and, and the specifics and, and what they want to see. So they talk to us quite a bit, and uh, both when we're in camp and also out of camp. And, and I think that's extremely important because you want to be always be on the same page, and uh, they do a really good job of that. Yeah, and they have to love seeing you score a couple goals there from distance here these last couple weeks. Christian Roldan, my guest, Sounders midfielder. Christian, one of the really bright spots of this team right now is the fact that on top of the great 6-1-4 and four start, you add a couple guys. Your general manager, Garth Lagway, who will join me coming up next year in Sounders Weekly, he adds a new center back in Javier Arriaga, the Ecuadorian center back there, 24 years old. And then it is also the return of Jovan Jones, left winger, left back there. He returns after spending 2018 in Germany, what would it be like to have Joven back on the left wing and left back at times playing alongside you? Well, we, we, Joven's very reliable uh, in the sense that you you know you're going to get quality from him. Now he's also unpredictable because you don't know what's going to happen mm-hmm. when he gets the ball. You know he can dribble a guy, he can play uh, that final pass that sometimes we've been lacking, uh, but also he's he's not afraid to to dig in defensively. So. Um, he's reliable, but also unpredictable, and, and I think that's what that's what we we need from a guy like Joven. And uh, the reality is, we're we're adding two big quality guys to our roster, and uh, it, it's going to help our team tremendously because uh, there's going to be absent uh, absent players due to international call-ups or, or, or international tournaments, and 
if you can have a, a reliable guy like JJ and then a, a guy like Javier come in uh, and, and do their part, we're going to be we're going to be set for the summer. Regarding Joven, other than I have to make this clarification. Other than the penalty kick in MLS Cup, do you have a favorite memory of playing with Joven, whether it's on the field or a great story off the field that you can share? Uh, I remember, uh, I believe, his second year here with the club. Uh, he met the guy uh, against New York Red Bulls, um, met the guy inside the box, took a cross right to Jordan Morris's head. Oh, and I always thought, man, this guy, this guy is so good and uh, he he has the ability to uh, play that final pass as as a left back, and um, you know Joven's just always a good time. But in the end, he has the quality to to you know be that difference maker that that we need. But I remember after that moment, um, you know, I, I thought to myself, man, this guy is so good. I had forgotten about that goal, and now I have to go watch it on YouTube again. That was filthy. I remember that coming off the left side there and hitting Jordan's head. That was a sick goal there from Morris and a great assist by Joven. Christian Roldan, one more here for you, man. Orlando City coming up here at Wednesday. It's a 7 o'clock, 7.30 kickoff, 7 o'clock pregame right here on KJR for Sounders in Orlando City. You know, it's in the middle of another three-game and eight-day stretch for you, Christian. What are the challenges that this week poses, and what's the preparation like beginning for Orlando? Orlando on Wednesday. Well, the challenges are you know getting the bodies right. You know for for three game uh, week, you know it's always tough to to play right after another. Uh, but in the end, if if you're if you're winning games, it, it makes it so much easier. So if we can win this game, we put ourselves in a really good spot to go into our game uh, against Philly. Uh, but preparing. Our, our bodies for for the three game week is is always the toughest part. And secondly, we we have to use every single guy on our roster, uh, whether that's you know our number one guy or our twenty seventh guy. Every everybody is used throughout this whole week, and uh, you know we might rotate players, uh, but it really just depends on on the guys that that come in that that start the game. They have to be ready to to play. And in the end, uh, if you can get a good result, you put yourself in a good good spot going forward into your third game of the week. As always, love chatting with Christian Roldan. Great that I could chat with him earlier today and play that back here tonight on Sounders Weekly. I know we're starting once again a little bit later than usual because of that Western Conference Final first game, but it's great to be on the air tonight and play that Christian Roldan interview. Make sure you check out the podcast in case you missed any of it. And as we move on here on Sounders Weekly, now going to chat with the general manager and president of soccer, Garth Lagerway. Garth was not on the show last week. You know, he was busy doing some stuff, adding a couple guys, Joven Jones, Javier Ariaga. You know, if I was the general manager, I'd make some time for Sounders Weekly, but I guess he was just too busy getting those deals done. I guess it's understandable just to a rather small extent. But nonetheless, we're going to have Garth Logaway. He is back. He is next on Sounders Weekly on Sports Radio 950 KJR. Time it took you to find the perfect grilled salmon. Sounders Weekly on Sports Radio 950 KJR. Welcome back to Sounders Weekly. Jackson Phillips back here in the Carter Volkswagen Studios. Thanks again for sticking with us tonight. I know it's a late start because of the first game of the Western Conference Finals between the Blazers and the Warriors that you heard here. That whole series will be right here on KJR. And thanks to the first guest of the evening, Christian Roldan, who joined me earlier today. 
And now we got to get to him on hold right now. It's the general manager, president of soccer with the Seattle Sounders, Garth Loggerway. Garth, welcome to the show. First off, before anything else, I got a, a bone to pick with you. What were you doing last Tuesday? What was so important that you couldn't join Sounders Weekly? I can't imagine anything that would be more important than coming on this show last Tuesday. I, I did feel deeply guilty, Jackson. <laughs> I, I thought that I, I uh, should have gotten this deal early. If we had not procrastinated, you know, we would have been better prepared and all the things your mother told you at some point in your uh, elementary school career. Uh, uh, but I hope to make it up to you this week. Yes, let's uh, listen. If, if anybody didn't hear the first segment and don't doesn't know the news, the reason why Garth did not join the show last week, of course, is because the Sounders have two new players, and that's going to be pretty much the entire length of the interview here today, Garth. We're going to push back our Tacoma Player of the Week. We're going to you know push off any talk about the first team in, in terms of this win over Houston. I want to dig really deep into these two signings, Javier Arriaga, the Ecuadorian center back, and then the return of Joven Jones. So first, before we get into each move separately, just talk to me about the stress and the emotions over those last like three to five days leading up to and including last Tuesday. Um, it was it was a little bit crazy. I mean, uh, to, to have not one but two deals come together at the same time um, created a little bit of chaos, but uh, with the help of lots of people on our team, Robbie Remendini on the chat side and um, Chris Cimino and, and Connor Fitzpatrick and Andrew Wisnowski in particular on the league league office side, um, we got a team of folks together and uh, cranked on the salary cap and cranked on the documents and worked through the agents and talked to the players and talked to the clubs and and uh, you know and, and got everything over the line. So it was a it was a pretty intense uh, piece of work. But, um, you know, really excited to add Javier, really excited to add Joven, and um, hopefully these are guys that can make us better, uh, not just now, but for, for a little while here. Yeah, hopefully so. Garth Loggerway is my guest, Sounders General Manager, President of Soccer. Now, we're used to you making these big moves in the summer window, and one of the comments you made to the assembled media there last Wednesday was how the world market allowed you to make these deals now instead of the summer. So, you know, we talked about that market last year a lot in terms of bringing in another attacking piece after Jordan Morris's injury. So what made that world market able to open up where you could add these two guys now as opposed to in the summer? Yeah, it's just specific circumstances to these two players and these two clubs. And that's why this coming together is so unusual. Uh, basically, both Barcelona and Darmstadt, the, the clubs for, for which these guys played, had both achieved the position in the table that they were going to achieve, meaning they couldn't go down and they couldn't go up. And they did that with a couple weeks left in their season. And so basically because they were in this sweet spot, this happy medium, they were like, well, you know, basically we can get paid two months earlier if we, uh, you know, if we do the transaction now. So uh, that was of interest to them. And, and, you know, that opened up a possibility, you know, when the, the players are willing to leave uh, before the end of the season as well. And so we, 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 you know, we worked out and we got it done, but that that's the, you know, the larger point would, would say that the timing is, is, serendipitous really i mean it's not really a, a matter of design just as waiting until the summer is not really a matter of design it's just that's when players are available so if players become available in early may as they did in this specific fat pattern we absolutely will try and sign them um you know and, and as i said then it would put some pressure on us to to do things at the end there but fortunately this time we were in a good position to do it 
Yeah, everything fell into just the right exact places to make this happen. Garth, let's talk about now each deal separately. Let's dig into Ariaga first. 24-year-old center back out of Ecuador. What were the qualities as a player that made him so attractive to you guys, and how did youth play a factor in this signing? Um, it, it, it was, first of all, he was the captain of his team. So, uh, you know, we were very excited about that when Chris Henderson went to scout him and see him live. Uh, you know, he said, you know, this is the guy that organizes everybody, makes him tick. I mean, he was very impressed by his leadership skills. Um, we did want to get young with the position group. You know, we have uh, uh, Kim's going to turn 30, and uh, Marshall and Torres are both uh, north of 32. So, you know, we needed we needed to get somebody in here young. Uh, and, you know, with Marshall a little bit banged up um, and not able to go every week right now, um, it kind of accelerated the timeline forward a bit where we said, hey, you know, although maybe in a perfect world uh, this center back comes in next January, we really need to look at it for the summer. And then, you know, Chris had been down and this area had been tops on his list for a while. And then uh, basically the price dropped and we figured out a way to pay a little bit more. And we were able to meet Marcy, you know, a deal that was not tenable two weeks prior. Um, we both kind of gave a little. And, and, you know, the key difference there was, uh, support from ownership where uh, on our budgets we were only going to do a DP in the summer uh, and ownership uh, called me and said you know hey you know if you need more to, to try to get this Ariaga thing done uh, we'll give it to you early uh, and you know so that that then freed up a new conversation to say okay can we use the accounting mechanism to, to sign Ariaga as a DP knowing we can transition him to TAM in the summer uh, as needed if we're able to find that, that other DP that we're looking for. Uh, and that kind of sealed it as, okay, this is this is well worth trying to do. And then still came the, the doing it part, which was not straightforward, but, uh, but moved pretty quickly in the end. Specifically on Ariaga, the qualities that we look for in center backs with the Sounders, I mean, looking at what we already have on the roster, you have kind of a guy who's getting up there in age in Chad Marshall, who's a big guy, doesn't move as fast anymore. Roman Torres, a little bit similar, obviously a little bit younger, and Kim, a, a lot more athletic. We've seen him dribble into the midfield a few times. In terms of Ariaga's qualities there... All of the highlights we've seen so far, Garth, make it look like this guy can move pretty well with the ball. He's scored in the box. He's actually made some moves almost like a you know a defensive midfielder in terms of just his athletic ability. What do you expect from that athleticism at the center back position with Seattle? You know, we've been, been pretty fortunate to have some center backs that are pretty good in, on the attacking end of things and uh, in Torres and then Marshall, who's arguably the best center back of all time in yep. terms of winning balls uh, in the attacking penalty box. So, um, you know, I do think Ariaga attacks differently than those guys do, uh, but he's, he's consistently gotten, uh, you know, two, three goals a year. So uh, to your point, he clearly is a presence. Uh, he clearly uh, has some interest in doing that and puts himself in good positions. And so hopefully he can continue to kind of follow in the footsteps of Chad and Roman in that regard. Is there any possibility because of that athleticism that Ariaga has to ever put him in the defensive midfield? I think it's possible, but I mean, lots of things are possible, right? Yeah. I mean, it's possible to play Kim there. It's possible to play Leardham there. It's possible to play Ship there. It's possible to play Ladero there. Um, and you look, as a general manager, you consider all these things in building a team, and that flexibility is great. It's possible to play Gustav at center back, too. Um, but, you know, what we really want to do is get everybody in their best positions to try to optimize all the talent on the team. And so um, while that's a, you know, a possibility, it's definitely not a goal. 
you know, we, we were looking at this and saying, you know, who are the best two center backs we can put out there? Um, you know, because we had a tough stretch of games here coming up, right? I mean, six or seven on the road after Orlando, uh, you know, tough game with Orlando here on Wednesday. Um, you know, but we're going to have to, you know, we're going to be missing a bunch of players to call ups uh, to Gold Cup and Copa America. Um, you know, it's, you know, it's conceivable you could have 10 guys out at some point. Uh, and, you know, when you look at it in those terms, like the good news is we're not playing a lot of games necessarily in June other than Open Cup. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, the bad news is, is you do have some games at the end of June where uh, if certain countries advance to semi, you know, quarterfinals, semifinals, finals, you could be, have a really depleted squad at the end of June. And, and uh, you know, both of these guys would be potentially out as well. So, um, you know, we just got to we gotta get wins now when we can. We have our squad and we got to try to put people in their best positions. And hopefully um, we've built a little cushion uh, over this next stretch because, you know, just realistically, I don't know that you're going to win all six of the next seven on their own. And depending on those international duty and who stays with their teams at night, you got to feel pretty good about your depth, not only with those moves, but also just looking at the performances of depth guys so far this year, and specifically in the last few weeks. You get guys like Handwell Buana, Jordi Delem has been great. Abdul Salam came in and had a great shift in Minnesota. Their performances and many others, you got to feel good about the depth of this team right now. Yeah, I mean, Nuhu, Torres, Ship, uh, yeah. uh, Will Bruin, I mean... I think everybody we've subbed in has basically been been pretty darn good. And that is really encouraging and it makes me feel like, you know, the guys believe what we believe. You know, this is this is this is a team that's built to win the title and we're gonna go for it and you know, we're gonna need everybody in the squad to be able to pull that off, but you know, we believe we have talent. We have talent, we have depth and we're capable uh, we're capable of beating anybody on the day. Garth Lagerway is my guest, Sounders General Manager and President of Soccer here on a later Sounders Weekly tonight. The late start because of the Western Conference Finals. Game 1 between the Warriors and Trailblazers. We'll have that entire series right here on 950 KJR. Garth, you mentioned the accounting mechanism for Ariaga a few minutes ago. I want to kind of, it's a term that we've used a number of times here on Sounders Weekly, but being that it's accounting mechanism, it obviously opens up the chance, as you mentioned, at another designated player in the summer window. So what would be the likelihood of seeing a DP and at what level in the summer window? And then have you already kind of looked at a position that you may want to add at, or is it kind of a wait-and-see approach based on how these next couple months go? You know, I think it's definitely a function of how we play, you know, uh, what results we get, uh, who's informed, who's playing well, how healthy we are. Um, You know, we feel good about, you know, putting our team in a position to succeed over the next two months. But, uh, you know, the beauty of being in a pretty good spot is you can be patient. You know, you don't have to, to panic by anybody, you know, and, and you have, it gives you the ability to cultivate deals uh, and to look at multiple deals and look at multiple positions and, and to be prepared then that uh, if, if things go down a certain way that, uh, you know, you're in a position to not just to react, um, but to have a strategic uh, plan in place to, uh, to maximize your value. So I think a DP is a possibility for sure. Um, you know, but again, we're, we're going to try to get uh, somebody who's worthwhile in that category. And a couple of months ago, you said in terms of just the level of that DP, it probably wasn't going to be at the level of a Ladero or Rui Diaz. Is that still the case? I suspect that's true. Uh, I, I mean, I don't want to put us in a box on anything because, mm-hmm. you know, we're going to look at all the options and look, if we find a guy that we think is worthy of that type of investment, we might do it. What, what I mean more is it's less financial and more, the idea that, you know, we brought Ladero in and we didn't have anyone like that. And we made this massive jump. 
Um, we brought Rui Diaz in, and we'd never had a striker like that before. I mean, Obo, we'd had great strikers, Morris and Obafemi Martins and Dempsey, but not someone in the vein of, of Rui Diaz. And that particular group with Jordan out, um, you know, really needed that quality. I don't think there's going to be a player that we bring in where suddenly we're like, oh, now we're a brand-new team, mm-hmm. and we take this massive jump forward because I think we're a lot further along in our build in terms of where we are. Um, and I just don't, you know, we have a lot of good players, and I, I don't think you're going to bring in a player where you're going to say, oh, yeah, no, that's, that's what we've been missing all along. He's so much better than what we had. Um, and that's, look, that's a, it's a high-class problem because our scouts and our analysts have worked overtime to identify this guy who's, who's clearly better than what we have. Um, and that's that's a good thing. And clearly there are few places to upgrade on this team right now in terms of just the talent and the quality of talent at so many different positions here. Let's shift over and let's talk about Jovan Jones, the return of Jovan Jones. You know, listening to you in the conversation you had with the media there last Wednesday, it really sounded like this deal evolved really quickly over the last couple of weeks before that deadline. It did. It did. You know, we we had you know, we'd stayed in touch with Joven, and we figured he'd come back at some point. And you know, we'd had a conversation in the spring at some point about coming back in the summer. And you know, we had our board, and you know, not sure about what's happening with Brad Smith and Bournemouth. And uh, you know, it was always something that was just kind of there. And it was all of a sudden we got a call from Joven's agent, and uh, he's like, "He wants to come back now." And I'm like, "What does that mean?" <laughs> I'm like, you know, you know, two months from now, all right, we can start writing. He's like, no, he wants to come back next Tuesday. <laughs> like, hey, serious? Uh, and I'm like, all right, let me, you know, uh, give me a second here, hold my beer. I'll, I'll be, let's go do some calculation and see if we can, uh, you know, if this is really possible or not. And, you know, uh, Robbie and our, our, I was our cap guru, and, and uh, he got on it, and he came back to me about 24 hours later and said, yeah, we can do it. Uh, and we reconfigured a bunch of things, and I went back to Joven's camp, and I just said, "Look, I, I'd love to call this a negotiation, but this is just this is literally to the dollar. Like this is what we got, and there isn't anything else. So this is the only way we can pull this off. And you know, as you know, we were you know we were planning on doing this in July. So uh, anyway, they were you know we were eventually able to to bridge the gap and and uh, and get a deal done with them. And and uh, again, similar to, to Ariaga, it just came together pretty quickly. So. Um, fortunate, clearly, Joven wanted to come back in order to make the deal happen. Um, and usually, those are good deals. You know, when when a player is excited to be here, and and uh, uh, you know, I think he really enjoyed his time here, and, and certainly we're excited to have him back. Oh boy, you talk about this cap guy, Robbie. I think you need to start calling him a wizard. God, if it's down to the very like you last few dollars, seems like he is just finding it in the couch cushions, just making sure he has every little last cent available. He sounds like a wizard in terms of what he does for you guys. He's literally the smartest man in the room. Uh, no exaggeration, no no qualifications. He is uh, uh, he is a, a very bright uh, young man, and we are delighted to have him. Hey, you know, you said that you always had these conversations with Joven. and you thought that you could possibly get him back here. You know, when he first left for Germany, and we discussed about a year ago, maybe a little more than a year ago, the details of how Joven left and that whole situation, but was it a thought when he went over to Germany that we're going to get this guy back almost like an assumption that we just don't know when, but we know he'll eventually be in a center. You talked with the media about, you know, protecting his rights in the expansion draft with LAFC. How confident were you at the end of 2017 when Joven departed for Germany, that he was eventually going to wear grave green again? 
Uh, well, look, we had to make a bet, right? We had to make a bet and, yeah. you know, put our money where our mouth was as to whether or not we thought he was coming back or not. And we made that bet. And um, my memory, uh, Jackson, is slightly different. I don't think that we protected him. I think we specifically didn't protect him. Right. But we knew that he would be selected if he were not protected. And so we went to LAFC proactively and we said, hey, look, if we leave Tyler Miller out, will you take him? Because they can only take one player from mm -hmm. our club. Uh, and Tyler had played at Northwestern at the time that John Thorrington had been going to grad school there. And so I knew John knew Tyler. Uh, and that was something that came together. And, and they said right away, yeah, yeah, we for sure would do that. And so we knew we were in a position then to have Joven protected. And so before we even submitted our expansion list, um, we had this agreement in place. Uh, and then that allowed us then to plan as if, Jobin was going to return uh, without necessarily knowing exactly when, but um, definitely this was a long game and, and you know, we, we, we paid a price for it. We, you know, we lost Tyler Miller for it, but we knew we were going to lose something uh, and we felt like this was an asset that might uh, ultimately put us over the top more quickly than Tyler because we thought Steph had a, a pretty long runway in front of him here uh, as the number one goalie in Seattle and we still think that's the case. So um, like to think we got the best of both worlds here where, where uh you know, we got we got Joven back. We got him back at a reasonable price. Um, and although we gave up something for that, um, you know, we we, we believe uh, Steph's going to be our goalkeeper here in, in the top tier of the league for a long time to come. Yeah, paid off. Joven now back in the Seattle Sounders jersey. Garth Logway is my guest. Sounders general manager and president of soccer. So let's talk about the player now, of course. And that's really the fun part is how he fits onto the field. He played primarily in midfield, more of a you know, left midfield, left winger there for the German club Darmstadt. And we saw him excel in that spot here for Seattle in 2017. He can also play left back. What were the qualities and that versatility that you loved being able to bring him back to the team? And how do you see him fitting in not only in the last half of this season, but going forward in a Sounders jersey as well? I, you know, I think you hit the nail on the head, Jackson. I mean, it, that, that flexibility, that versatility really helps us. Again, if we if our belief is that we have a pretty good team, um, then that's exactly what we want. Um, you know, we, and we're not going to come into this and say, hey, you know, we're, we're going to sign this guy and he's going to be way better than what we have. And we have excellent left backs. We have an excellent left winger in Victor Rodriguez. Um, we have, you know, excellent uh, players on the right side, too, if you think about Joven flipping over and playing inverted with, with Morris and Leardham on the other side. Um, but what we can do is we can, you know, uh, distribute the minutes and lighten the load and um, give ourselves a, a varied way to attack. Joven's pretty darn good on the ball uh, and likes around the people, and we don't have a ton of dribblers in the, in the team. And while Bon is probably our best individual dribbler, uh, and so you have that. You can give a different look where – uh, maybe he and Jordan play together. You can have a look where Nuhu and he play together. So, uh, you know, you know, when we've never seen Brad and Joe play together. So it, it it just gives us more options. It gives us more depth. And I think, too, it gives us another type of option off, you know, if he, if we bring him in off the bench, for example. Because um, we have Harry Schiff, who's been really good and solid and reliable and um, steady, as Harry always is. And we've had Hanwala that comes in spurts and, you know, I think Joby gives us an option with a little bit more pace and, and, and maybe, uh, you know, more experience uh, beating guys on the dribble than Hen Wallace. So um, he's different than what we have, and he, I think he's going to be useful no matter how it shakes out in terms of 
uh, our left-back situation, our left-wing situation. You mentioned the combination there we haven't seen of Brad Smith, Jovan Jones. I think all Sounder fans are with me in just being super excited at the chance of seeing that here soon on the Sounders. Now, in terms of Brad Smith, we know Jovan, we just talked about his versatility, being able to play left-back. You still have Nuhu there. Does signing Jovan impact Brad Smith's loan and the chances of extending that, the chances of him being a Sounder for the long-term future? Does the Jovan deal impact the Brad deal at all? Nope, no, totally independent. Um, you know, the Brad deal, and I, 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 I understand why maybe our fans get frustrated, but, you know, at the end of the day, the Brad deal is out of our hands. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we have a good relationship with Bournemouth. Um, I've had conversations with them uh, through Brad's, inter- and we've been chatting with Brad's intermediary, and, um, you know, everyone's been very cordial and very open, and, you know, the fact is that no decisions have been made, and, um, you know, he's Bournemouth's player. And Bournemouth is going to make the decision that's in the, their best interest. And I have no doubt they'll consider Brad's interest as well. But ultimately, it's up to them. And when you're in that position, um, I think it's really important to have some cover uh, and you know to not be at the mercy of another club. And um, again, I think that that you know very much we'd like Brad to stay. You know, and we've told Brad that, and we've told Bournemouth that. And uh, it's a question of can we figure something out? And you know, if we can, that'd be unbelievable to have everybody uh, and the team and. Um, if we can't, uh, we think we're still protected. So uh, that that feels like a reasonable position. One last thing here for you, Garth, and it just popped into my head because I remembered watching that media availability last Wednesday, and you talked about loans and the fact that we just talked about depth and the such high quality depth and so deep that this team is in multiple spots. You know, how likely or possible is it to see a guy like Nuhu, you know, or young guys like Buana? You know, there's so many different cases of those guys being loaned out simply because they aren't going to get enough playing time in the second half of the season if you are able to keep Brad and if you are able to add another piece, could we see guys get loaned out to get some other time and more starting time with clubs where they can't get it here? I do think that, you know, I think that that's, that's an inevitable byproduct of, of signing some of the younger players as well from defiance, you know, that we've added Labo, we've added Alfonso Campo Chavez, you know, those guys, you know, in the short term, they're going to be fine playing for defiance. But um, as we move forward in the club and there are more and more of those players, I think loans are an inevitability. Uh, and certainly uh, we could have young players loaned out as soon as this summer. Uh, and it's something that we'll look at as part of our solution going forward. But our, our number one priority is to see if we can win, win MLS Cup this year. Um, and, you know, if, a, if we have a player that we believe can help us, then um, we're going we're gonna to use them. We're going to play them. And, and if we think that it's better to develop them uh, for the future, then you know, we'll try to get them in a position where that's possible as well. Well, great depth on this team right now. You used the quote that this team you think is slump-proof, and I would echo that just from so many spots. If, you know, Victor Rodriguez right now, hamstring strain, we'll see the severity of that, and we'll hear from Brian Schmetzer. But, you know, you sort of one guy goes down, and in case it is a big guy like a Victor Rodriguez, you would have a Jovan Jones being able to step up right in his place here going forward. So a really impressive job building this team. It looks like the potential and the bedrock and everything is there for this team to go and sail forward and have a really successful last two-thirds of the season. So excited to see what happens. The match coming up tomorrow against Orlando City SC. We have a 7 o'clock pregame, 7.30 kickoff right here on KJR. I assume Jovan Jones and Ari Yager are not going to be available for that and probably not available any time really soon with the visa situation and international duty coming up. Yeah, that's right. I, I, I don't know how much we're going to see of those guys uh, until after Copa America and after Gold Cup. 
Um, we're not sure if Ariaga's going to get called up yet, but if he did, you know, I think these are, we're talking these guys would be eligible for maybe a couple games before they depart. Um, and, you know, that's why I think it's important that, you know, you know, you know maybe Jobin's eventually a, a left-wing option, but uh, Harry Ship played really well, uh, and, and he would have scored, uh, but for an incredible save from, yeah. from uh, uh, the Houston goalkeeper from Willis. And, you know, he, you know, I'm excited about Harry getting started. You know, he's, he's been absolutely rock solid for us, uh, really, honestly, since we signed him. I mean, I think he was something like 11 0 2, 12, maybe 12 1 2 last yep. year in the games he started. So, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm delighted that we have Harry Ship on our team and that, that we have him uh, in the lineup for Wednesday. So, yeah, it reminds me of that great statistic. I'm going to go find that to make sure we have it for the broadcast tomorrow. Garth, great stuff as always. Glad we could go in-depth here on the Joven Jones and Ariaga deals. Thanks so much for spending an extended conversation here late tonight. Appreciate staying up and doing this with me, and uh, we will talk next week for Sounders Weekly. All right. Thanks for having me, Jackson. Garth Lagerway, Sounders general manager and president of soccer. More than a pleasure to have him on the show. Got 25 minutes there of in-depth talk about these two moves on Joven Jones Ariaga, Javier Ariaga, the 24-year-old Ecuadorian center back, new to the team. Joven Jones, left winger, left back, returns from Germany back on the Seattle Sounders. Great stuff there. And as we move on here on Sounders Weekly, it is once again time for 60 seconds in the South Sound. Tacoma Defiance play-by-play voice Andrew Harvey every single week gives us 60 seconds on everything going on with the Tacoma Defiance and Rain FC. So here is once again 60 seconds in the South Sound. It was a rough weekend in the South Sound, Jackson. Playing their first match against Portland Timbers 2 since rebranding, Tacoma Defiance lost 4-1 to their arch rivals at home Sunday, just the second home loss to Portland in series history. Justin Dillon scored his first goal of the season to equalize just before halftime, but Timbers 2 benefited from a penalty kick early in the second half, and Defiance was forced to open themselves up, pursuing another equalizer in the loss. Defiance are back at home this weekend, taking on Reno 1868 FC at Cheney Stadium on Saturday at 7pm. Reno beat Sacramento Republic on the road last weekend and will play Sacramento again tomorrow night in the second round of the U.S. Open Cup. So the visitors may be dealing with some fatigue come Saturday. That game can be seen on ESPN+. Rain FC had a bye week this past weekend, but that doesn't mean that they haven't stayed busy. At this point, seven Rain FC players have been called in by the respective national teams for the Women's World Cup in France. Players from the U.S. Women's National Team and Spain have already left, while players from other national team contingents will likely still be available for Rain FC's home match against Sky Blue FC at Cheney Stadium at 1 p.m. It's a double soccer Saturday at Cheney Stadium, so come on down and take in the action. I'm Andrew Harvey, and this has been 60 Seconds in the South Sound. Thank you, as always, Andrew Harvey. Great to have him as a part of Sounders Weekly. And thanks again, by the way, to Garth Logaway for that extended chat on those two signings. If you missed any of the interview with Garth or Christian Roldan in the first segment, make sure you check out the podcast, sportsradiokj.com and the iHeartRadio app. Well, thanks for staying tuned late here tonight with us. We're not done yet. One more segment of Sounders Weekly tonight. And as always, it will be the enemy preview. Orlando City SC is the opponent of the Seattle Sounders tomorrow night. I mentioned there with Garth, 7 o'clock pregame, 7.30 kickoff tomorrow night at CenturyLink Field. Miguel Gallardo is a TV analyst for Orlando City SC, former captain on that team. He will join me next to preview tomorrow night's match. That's next on Sounders Weekly on Sports Radio 950 KJR. Hey, welcome to Car Toys. How do you want to... For home for Sounders FC, Seattle Sports Radio 950 KJR. Welcome back to Sounders Weekly. 
Jackson Feltz back here in the Carter Volkswagen studios. It's been a great show so far. If you've missed any of it, make sure to check out the podcast on sportsradiokjr.com. Also on the iHeartRadio app, just search Sounders Weekly. Been a great show with guests Christian Roldan, Sounders midfielder, and Garth Lagerway, Sounders general manager and president of soccer. But as always here on Sounders Weekly, we end the show by diving into the belly of the beast, the enemy for the week, and that week, it is Orlando City SC. They come to town. It's going to be a 7 o'clock pregame, a 7.30 kickoff right here at CenturyLink Field between our Seattle Sounders and Orlando City. So, to talk about Orlando and their season so far, what we have to expect here on Wednesday, Miguel Gallardo, he's a former Orlando City SC keeper. He played in the USL. There's a few different clubs there, and Miguel is now an analyst on TV for Orlando City SC. He joins me right now on Sounders Weekly. Miguel, great to have you on the show tonight. How are you? Hey, guys. How are you? Thank you so much. Really, really excited uh, for this game coming up. Great opportunity. Obviously, for Orlando, to uh, you know, there will be probably some rotation of players, some new opportunities, and, and obviously for the Seattle Sounders, you know, what a team, and and a very good performance of the Houston Dynamo. I'm really looking forward to some of the 1v1 battles on that one. It's going to be an exciting one for sure. Yeah, it's going to be a big game here coming up this Wednesday, Miguel. So let's dive into it right now. It's a 3-5-3 three, and three team Orlando City SE so far this year. You mentioned squad rotation there. Let's start there. How much squad rotation do you expect from a three-game and eight-day stretch here for Orlando? The Sounders also having a three-game and eight-day stretch. We may see some squad rotation on our side. Before Orlando, we know the names Dom Dwyer and Nani what can we expect in terms of those guys maybe not playing? Who could we see getting some time for Orlando on Wednesday? Yeah, you know what? It's going to be an interesting one because I think if you if you maybe would have asked me this question three, four weeks ago, I would tell you there's going to be quite a bit. But at the end of the day, uh, that, 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 that I mean, Orlando is in a, is in a hurry for, for some positive results. Uh, I think versus Atlanta, they had some uh, really good glimpses. I think there was a lot of clear opportunities for Orlando to get on the scoreboard and just where they just lacked a little bit of quality in the final third. Um, I will, I mean, I would, I would have to imagine that there will be, there will be some uh, opportunities for players. Uh, one of the things this off season was uh, one of the focuses was to add some depth to different positions. One of them being the attacking area. They brought in Teshua Kandela from FC Dallas who has come in and kind of played a little bit of a versatile role, playing outside as, as, a, as a winger coming inside and also playing up top as well. Uh, we have uh, the number one draft pick, uh, Patino, coming in. And uh, uh, he's an Orlando boy. He's, he's a, you know, he, he was born in Colombia, but he, he grew up here in Orlando. He's somebody who had a really good preseason. He came in for Orlando, had a debut, uh, and immediately made an impact with a really nice assist to Dom Dwyer. Uh, so he's been somebody that's been very positive and just kind of waiting for an opportunity, working very hard. Somebody who James O'Connor really thinks highly of in terms of his coachability and just this overall attitude and, and, and wanting to add to the team. And he'll be somebody who, who maybe on a personal level, I would like to see get some opportunities. But uh, there are other players that uh, that, that could see some minutes uh, versus Seattle Sounders for sure. Miguel Gallardo is my guest. He is a former Orlando City SC captain, current TV analyst for the club. Miguel, let's dive back a little bit and kind of look at the broad picture here over Orlando City's season so far, 3-5-3 three, and three, like I mentioned here. What has been the season like so far in terms of successes, failures, what James O'Connor, the head coach, is trying to do down there, what is and isn't working for the club? 
Well, I think uh, look, the reality is that things couldn't have gotten much worse for the past couple seasons. So that was a, that was a positive that it's been better. It's been better in a lot of different areas. Uh, you know, just because this, we, Orlando took a, a hit this last game versus Toronto FC and then obviously versus Atlanta last night. And that just kind of uh, it made a big dent. It made a big dent to a to a season that was that was feeling pretty good. Orlando was in play of contention. Obviously, a long season, but uh, you know you started to feel pretty good about this team in terms of how solid it was, not just offensively but defensively as well. And historically speaking, they continue to be a more solid team defensively uh, overall. So that's something that's been working. Obviously, the addition of the Swedish international uh, Janssen. Uh, has been something that's been very, uh, very nice. Very, it, it came as a breath of fresh air because there was a little bit shaky at times. So he's come in and he solidified himself as kind of, as kind of the main and the pillar of the back four. Uh, so that's kind of, that's been working. I think uh, also players in more natural roles. Uh, Uri Rossell came in in the middle of the season last year, kind of with a little bit of, of a knock. He's kind of came in under Jason Christ to be that that anchor for the diamond and never really got an opportunity to play alone in the middle of the park with well, maybe a little bit players more advanced. So Orlando has found success with him playing by himself. Will he be in the Zender lineup for this one? I don't know, but uh, that's something that's been working. You know, Uri Rossell, um, an important player that came in and then finally is able to play in a little bit more of a natural role in the middle has been something that's been very important for Orlando in the last, uh, last few games. So that's, that's another one. And, and obviously, you know, with the addition of Nani, it's somebody that can change the game. He's come in, immediately produced the very first game he came in. You know, he provided in a pass to Dumdar, who eventually came, became an assist for a, for a goal for Tesha Kindeli. And, I mean, if you really look around the league, uh, you know, there was a lot of questions about Nani coming into the league. Is he in form? Is he not in good form? But I think people failed to realize that he was coming from Portugal winning a title over there. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the things, after he left Manchester United, a lot of the teams that where he played, Valencia, be it uh, he played in Turkey as well, and in Portugal, he's continued to be productive. And when he's come to MLS, I think he's proven a lot of naysayers wrong uh, and has been very good for Orlando City, not just to get people in the stands, but also he's been very productive and scoring some beautiful goals and, and really dictating the play for Orlando City. So he's become obviously somebody that's very important for Orlando City's successes of late. Yeah, Nani and Dom Dwyer, that's a combo that Seattle, their defense, will certainly have to watch here. Miguel, you mentioned the diamond there in the midfield for Orlando City SC. Just as somebody who isn't used to watching a lot of their games, what sort of formation system does O'Connor use? Is it Does he stick to one formation? Does he kind of change it up ever? What could we see in terms of just formationally this Orlando team coming in on Wednesday? Well, you know, that's one of the good things about James O'Connor that uh... – just because you have a you have a philosophy, you have a style of play, that doesn't mean you can't be be versatile with your formation. I think he's proven that uh, even in the beginning of the season, going with three in the back uh, and then changing it up to four in the back, playing two holding midfielders and one player more advanced, and then when Uri was okay, has come in, a four three three with Uri was by himself in the middle. So there's been a lot of versatility uh, in, in James O'Connor, and he has found success uh, trying different formations. So. I think uh, it's one of those where it's going to depend what he has available. Mm. I think after the game, it, it's going to be one of those where you ask players how they're feeling uh, and to see who can give you what. And then based on that, obviously doing a, a, a very important study 
of what Seattle Sounders can, can bring because obviously there's some things to consider as well for Seattle Sounders. What kind of who's going to come be able to come back? As you have to think about, uh, you know, players like Rodriguez, uh, Rodriguez leaving the game and then being being replaced. So those are things that I'm sure James O'Connor is going to consider. The diamond is something that he hasn't really tried. This was this was something that James uh, that Jason Christ uh, wanted to do before J- uh, James O'Connor came in, and that's why he brought a real sale. That's the reason I was I was mentioning it, but. Uh, like like I said, I like that about James O'Connor, that within his philosophy, within his style, within his beliefs of how proper football should be played, there's a lot of versatility based on what he has available and also based on the opposition. Miguel Gallardo is my guest. He's a former team captain of Orlando City SC, current TV analyst there for the club. Now, based on that versatility and the unknown of the formation and who's available, is it possible to predict this game? How do you see it going if you can talk about in terms of not only who's on the field, but just the flow of the match and if Orlando can come out of Seattle with a result, you think? Well, I mean, anything is possible, right? And if, uh, <laughs> and if you've been watching football the last couple of weeks... Oh, yeah. Absolutely anything. Well, I'm a Tottenham fan, Miguel. I'm a big Tottenham fan, so <laughs> there you go. You're, so you're a believer. I'm a yep. believer that Orlando City can can do. Look, it's, at the end of the day, we can talk about history. We can talk about the fact that Seattle Sounders is a very powerful team. We can talk about the fact that Seattle Sounders is undefeated at home this season and is finding some rhythm, uh, you know, and and then and, and then finding some really good form. But uh, at the end of the day, it's 11 versus 11. And Orlando City, as I said, there probably will be, I would assume that there will be some rotation. And one of the focuses this offseason was obviously adding some depth to different areas of the park. And, and as a former football player, as a former soccer player, you know, when you get an opportunity after you've been training and training and training, uh, you'll be surprised at what some of these players that maybe haven't really caught the intention of the media are going to be able to do when they're playing with a little bit chip on their shoulder and when they see an opportunity to make a make name for themselves. I think uh, I think we're up for a good one. That's the one thing I will say. And the one thing I know about James O'Connor, it doesn't matter who's on the pitch. It's intensity, intensity, and people being intentional about about playing quality football. So hopefully. Uh, with that and uh, in Seattle Sanders obviously being a quality side, we have a recipe for for a really good uh, uh, show this weekend, uh, Wednesday rather. Yeah, tomorrow's match will be a lot of fun. It's once again a seven o'clock pregame, seven thirty kickoff, right here on KJR for the Seattle Sanders and Orlando City SC. Miguel Gallardo has been my guest. He's a TV analyst, former captain for Orlando City. Miguel, it's been a pleasure to have you on here the show tonight. We'll see you out there at the stadium tomorrow. Thanks so much for your time. Likewise, my friend. Take care. And great stuff there from Miguel Gallardo. Once again, he is a TV analyst for Orlando City SC, a former captain for that team when they were in the USL. Great to have him here on Sounders Weekly tonight, previewing that match here tomorrow between Seattle and Orlando. Once again, that is a 7 o'clock pregame and a 7.30 kickoff tomorrow night for that match. Hey, really quickly before we end tonight's show, want to let you know about Sounders FC Youth Camps. Registration is now open for Sounders FC Summer Camps presented by Boeing. Camps run every week from June 24th through August 30th, so find the one that fits your schedule by visiting soundersfc.com camps. Sounders FC Youth Camps presented by Boeing are also supported by Zoo Lily and Washington Federal. So that'll do it for the show tonight. Thanks again to all of my guests. Christian Roldan, Sounders midfielder earlier today for the interview Garth Lagerway Sounders general manager and president of soccer as well as Miguel Gallardo their analyst for Orlando City SC and once again if you missed any of those interviews make sure you check out the podcast sportsradiokjr.com 
or the iHeartRadio app. Just search Sounders Weekly. We podcast this show. We also podcast our post-game shows in case you missed last week's against Houston or tomorrow night's match against Orlando City. And that is where we'll end the show tonight. So we'll talk to you tomorrow night. Once again, it is a 7 o'clock pregame and a 7.30 kickoff from CenturyLink Field between the Seattle Sounders and Orlando City SC. What's the difference between good and great?